1: Tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and spoke saying indeed we are your bone and your flesh what is he saying there we're brothers we're brothers we're of the same family we are Jews we are Hebrews we are we are of the same family you may be of a different tribe but we're all one here we are all the same as Christians If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, we are all the same. There is no hierarchy. We're all equal in the eyes of the Lord.
0: Differences between people and cultures can sometimes feel quite vast. They cause division, anger, and fear. However, as Pastor Dave explains today, you must remember all believers of Christ are one. You are united. Seek to live your faith in unity with your brothers and sisters. Don't allow differences to fracture the family of God. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 4 as he continues his message, The End of the Flesh.
1: In order for David to take the throne, the flesh had to die. The flesh had to go away. It had to be removed if we're looking at that analogy right here. So let's see what happens to these brothers, you know? Look at what's going on next. We're in, we're in verses 8 to 12. And they, meaning the brothers Birite, they they, they, got, they took the head of Ishbaseth to David at Hebron and said to the king, Here's the head of Ishbaseth, the son of Saul, your enemy, who sought your life. And the Lord has avenged my Lord, the, day the, the, the king this day of Saul and his descendants. They were bragging. He said, the Lord has avenged you. The Lord didn't send you to kill him. The Lord didn't send you to do that. And he says, Saul, your enemy. David has declared many times that Saul was not his enemy. Saul was not his enemy. But David, <laughs> in verse 9, answered Rechab and Baana, his brother, the sons of Rimmon the Berovite, and said to them, as the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life from all adversity. Man, I love that verse. I love that verse. As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life from all adversity. Wow. Put that one on your refrigerator doors, people. That is a great verse. As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life from all adversity. Wow. Well, where did he redeem it? On a cross. I love that verse. Man, I like that verse. I'm going to see it again as the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life from all adversity. And David can say that. For years upon years, David was on the run, hiding in caves, people after him, left and right, people diming him out every time he turned around. Somebody was diming out. Where he was he hiding? He was constantly looking over his shoulder, constantly looking. Remember, at one time he was so upset with being chased, he said, Saul's gonna get me one of these days. I'm gonna die. And then he went down that deep path where he went into the Philistines, remember, and tried to become one of them because he was so distraught. He slipped out of God. He basically backslid into a a weird situation. You remember when we talked about that? But then David says, yeah, I'm going to read it again. As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life from all adversity. Oh, man. When someone told me, look, Saul is dead. I'm in verse 10. Thinking to have brought good news, I arrested him. And had him executed in Ziklag. You remember that? You remember when that happened? That was back in 2 Samuel chapter 1 when the Amalekite came trotting in with Saul's body or whatever. And he said, Hey, I killed him. He lied because he didn't kill him. David didn't like that too much. These guys come in with the head of Ishbosheth, and they're thinking they're going to earn brownie points. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get to be. Generals, I mean, they were captains, right? Maybe we'll get a promotion. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. We'll get promotion for this. Oh, he's going to love this. Wait till he sees us carrying the head in there. David's going to love this. Who knows? We might even get our own houses. We might even be built up. Who knows? This is going to be great. Oh, how easy the flesh can take over and pump us up. How easy our flesh can pump us up. And then they even had the nerve, the blaspheming sense to declare it was from the Lord. They were kind of wrong in their assumption. They were kind of wrong in their assumption, because David says, when someone told me saying, "Look, Saul is dead, thinking to I've brought good news," I arrested him, had him executed in Ziklag, and the one who thought I would give him a roar for his news. How much more when micket men have killed a righteous person in his own house on his bed? Therefore, shall I not require his blood at your hand and remove you from the earth?) <laughs> Oops. I wonder if they did the Jackie Gleason. Humana, 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 humana. I wonder what, what their response was. I wonder if the one holding your head said, Here. <laughs> he has the head. I didn't do it. I wonder if they tried to dime each other out by saying, It wasn't my idea. I don't know, man. I don't know. I love the fact that David calls Ishbaseth righteous. I love that. He called Ishbosheth righteous. Ishbosheth was killed for being one thing and one thing only. He was killed because he was king. No other reason. He was killed because he was king. David knew that. They thought they would be. David would be pleased. They underestimated David's loyalty to not only the house of Saul, but more important, God. They underestimated David's loyalty to God. David was loyal in his pledge to honor the house of Saul and the descendants. Remember, he made that back in 1 Samuel 24. He was going to honor the house of Saul and all of his descendants. He was going to honor them. This crime supersedes that of the death of Abner. In fact, Joab just went down a notch where these guys moved to the top of the list of heinous crimes. These guys, you know, because the only thing this man was guilty of of being Saul's son. And then they said the Lord told him to do it. Whew. I never heard people say the devil, devil made them do it, but if the Lord made him do it? Well, we hear that today. We hear that today. Sadly, we hear these horror stories about people committing heinous acts and said that the Lord told them to do that. Well, I'm here to tell you that the Lord will never tell you to do anything against Scripture. The Lord will not tell you to do anything against Scripture. He won't tell you that. And if you're hearing that, it's not the Lord. It is not the Lord. David's response, quick and just. Just. He made it clear that he never murdered anybody just to advance his purposes. The Lord had protected him all this time and he was not guilty of Saul's death nor was he guilty of Abner's death. He quenched those rumors very quickly and he killed them in an act of humiliation by cutting off their hands and their feet. This was total act of humiliation doing this to them. It was his justice and it was evidence of justice. And then he takes the son of Saul, ish head, and he buries it in the sepulcher where Abner is buried in Hebron. He takes it there. So David commanded his young men, and they executed them, cut off their hands and their feet, and hanged them by the pool in Hebron. And they took the head of ish and buried it in the tomb of Abner in Hebron. Wow. So the flesh has been cut away so to speak, the flesh is gone. And now that ish is gone, the 11 tribes of Israel don't have a king. They're kingless. They're upset, they're worried, they're afraid because there's no one to lead them, there's no one to go before them in battle should a rogue nation attack them, and they're afraid. And although Abner was dead, he did pave the way for David to be king of all Israel, all 12 tribes. All 12 tribes. Look at the first four verses in chapter 5. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and spoke, saying, Indeed, we are your bone and your flesh. What's he saying there? We're brothers. We're brothers. We're of the same family. We are Jews. We are Hebrews. We are, we are of the same family. You may be of a different tribe, but we're all one here. We are all the same. As Christians, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, we are all the same. There is no hierarchy. We're all equal in the eyes of the Lord. There is neither male nor female. There is neither Greek nor slave, etc., etc. We are all equal in the eyes of the Lord. He treats us all Equally. And that's what they're saying. Hey, we're, we're, we're bone of your bone. We're blood of your blood. We're, we're brothers, bro. We're good guys. Also in time past, they said, when Saul was king over us, you were the one that led Israel out and brought them in. And the Lord said to you, you shall shepherd my people Israel and be ruler over Israel. They knew the Lord's call upon David. They knew it all along, the Lord's call upon David. They knew that, but they were following their king loyalty, and might I say loyal to a fault, loyal to a fault they were following their king. They knew that David had been called king, and remember, David had been a teenager when he was called to be king. David was just a young boy when he'd be called to be king. Remember Samuel brought him out and he anointed him privately with the family, and now the elders of the tribe of Judah have called him, and they anointed him when he was thirty years old, and now seven years later, all of israel now wants to anoint him as their king over everybody. And they do that. I love this fact, you shall shepherd my people Israel and be a ruler over Israel. We'll talk about that in a minute. Therefore the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, the king David made a covenant with them at Hebron and king David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign and he reigned for 40 years. In Hebron he reigned over Judah seven years and six months In Jerusalem he reigned 33 years over all of Israel and Judah. David had been chosen by God He had been called by God, and he had been anointed by God. David had been empowered by God, by his Holy Spirit, and he was raised up by God. He was trained by God for all those years. All those years God trained him, and as God was training him, he protected him, and he provided for him during that entire time. David never took things into his own hands when it came to God's people. He didn't kill Saul when he had a chance. Had two, remember, two close chances where he could have killed Saul? He didn't kill Saul's son, Ishbosheth, And he never wanted Abner to die. Never wanted Abner to die. Why? Because David's faith was in God. His faith was in God alone. And even though he might have been pressured by his men to do certain things sometimes, he never acted hastily. He always waited for God to move. What a leader he was. He simply had faith and he served his people and he believed and had faith that God would do what he said he would do when his time came. Can you say that about yourself? You're waiting for God to do something? Has God placed a calling upon your life? Has He confirmed your calling through the Word of God? If He's done this, then faithfully serve Him and wait for Him. Great song by um, uh, John Mayer, Waiting. While I'm waiting, he says, I'll serve you while I'm waiting. I'll serve you while I'm waiting. I'll worship you while I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you, Lord. It's not easy, but I'm waiting for you. It's painful, but I'm waiting on you. That's our life as we wait on God. As we wait on him, things can be painful. Things can be terribly painful. But that shouldn't rock your foundation, because even though things are painful, God never changes He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still loves you. His son, Jesus Christ, died for you. Are you waiting patiently? Or are you trying to force your way into a situation that God hasn't opened? Are you trying to get your way into a place that God hasn't sent you to or chosen you for? Don't place your needs before God's calling in your life. Don't place your knees before God's calling. You may be gifted like David. You may have a calling upon your life, but we need to be ever patient. You may experience turbulence. You may experience division and trials. You need to embrace these as they come apart because these are all training things. It's like you're on training wheels. You're going to fall every now and then. You're going to scrape your nose. But God's there to pick you up. God's going to dust you off. He's going to preserve you. He's going to protect you. He's going to provide for you. If he's called you upon your life, don't despise God's training. Don't despise the refiner's fire as it makes you into the person that God wants you to be. Even if he hasn't called you upon your life, he's called you as a Christian. He's called you to live the Christian life. And he wants to do that, mold you and shape you. He wants you to make fit for the service. Yes, you'll make mistakes. I wish I kept track of all the mistakes I've made in the last eight years since I've been down here. I need a roll of toilet paper to put them on. So many of them. I've made mistakes. You make mistakes, but guess what? God is ever faithful. Even when you're faithless, God's faithful. And he is able to do what he says he's going to do in you, in me, and everyone else. Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. I want to go back for a moment. To that verse that says, you shall shepherd my people Israel and be ruler over Israel. In the King James Version, it says, you shall feed my flock. You shall feed Israel. I, I looked at that and David was called to feed God's people, to be captain over them. And this is something that goes throughout the entire Bible with God. People feeding God's people people being called to shepherd God's people. And God takes a very, very dim view of those that abuse that office. If you don't think so, there's a a chapter in Ezekiel, Ezekiel 34. God, through Ezekiel, is talking about irresponsible shepherds and all the things that happen there. It starts in Ezekiel 34. It's a great read. It's a great read. But God always wants someone to feed his people. What did he tell Peter in John 21? Three times, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. What did Peter then turn around and write in 1 Peter 5, 2? Feed the flock of God that is among you. Feed them. In Jeremiah, God said in 23, 4, I will give them shepherds who will feed them the knowledge of God. God's people have the greatest need of that feeding. God's people need the knowledge of God. That's why we teach the word of God, so that you have God's knowledge, so that you know God's knowledge. You know, they were talking on Monday night about these itinerant preachers on TV And how they come out and people get so upset because they listen to them and then they get pulled off into some some area here. Well, if we read our word, study our word, we'll know the difference between true and false. We'll know the difference between real and counterfeit. We'll know the difference because if you have a job, if you get hired today, we're going to hire you and train you to spot counterfeit $1 bills. They take you in a room, and all you do all day long is look at real $1 bills. That way, when the false one comes, you snap it right up. This is the real truth. So the more we study this, the more we can find out what is true and what is false. Be a Berean. Check the things that are taught from this podium. Check them back to the Word of God. You be a Berean. That's your job to make sure that what is being taught is true. That's what the Brians did. They checked out what Paul was saying, the Apostle Paul. Oh, he couldn't make a mistake. Well, the Brians didn't know that. They were going to check to make sure he was talking right. They searched the Scriptures. What did they have? The Old Testament. They searched the Scriptures to make sure what they were being taught is true. It's so important. God's people, you are God's sheep. You are belong to Him, and you need to be fed God's Word. And that's why... We here at Calvary Chapel follow the example set in Nehemiah 8. When Nehemiah 8, after the walls have been built, Ezra comes in, Ezra comes in and he comes up, he stands up on a platform and he speaks God's word into their hearts and then others are out there helping the public understand what they're being said. Teaching God's word. Teaching God's word. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And as you learn more about God, your faith becomes stronger and stronger. And that's why we do what we do here at Calvary Chapel. David was called God's greatest shepherd. David knew that his view was simply trusting in God because it was David that said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. David knew that from his heart. David knew that he could trust in the Lord. He could trust in him for every part of his need because the Lord had already proven himself strong. And yes, yes, several more chapters and David's going to make a bad mistake. David's going to make a pretty bad mistake. But God still calls him a man after his own heart because he'll repent of it. He'll ask God's forgiveness and God will restore him back to the kingdom. But he will pay for that dearly. He will pay for that severely because mistakes have consequences. They have consequences. So my God, Get to know who God is through his word. Through his word. Get up. Read it. Glean from it. And I know some of these chapters are hard. I know it's difficult to go through some of this Old Testament. It's very difficult. But when you're looking for Jesus on every page and he starts to jump out, it becomes exciting. It becomes exciting in some of these pages. And you see Christ in all his glory. Remember, the Old Testament is Christ concealed. The New Testament is Christ revealed. Remember that. Read that. And if you get bogged down in the, New, in the Old Testament, school over to the New Testament and start getting gleaning of God's love and God's grace and God's mercy. Read Ephesians. Read Ephesians 1, 2, 3. Find out everything that you have through Christ Jesus. Find out about that. Look at the epistle of joy, Philippians, and, and just rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. There's so much that we can learn in God's Word. We have everything. I don't know if... Ah, I would be shocked if one of you didn't have one of these, or at least one. I would be shocked. Well, blow the dust off of it and open it up. Blow the dust off of it and open it up and start reading what's in here. Reading what's in here. Let God touch your heart through his Holy Spirit. Let God do something in your heart. Because remember, that's what he's looking at, and he's longing to do something. Because remember, that's why he saved you. He saved you so that you and he can have fellowship through Jesus Christ. And the fellowship comes through the Holy Spirit, because glory is now in heaven. That's why he saved you. He wants desperately to have a relationship with you, desperately seeking to have a relationship with you. Won't you come into his presence with joy and with thanksgiving? Come into his courts with praise. Know that he is God, for he is good. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Know that, that he loves us with an everlasting love, a love that'll never fade away, a love that'll never die. Know that. How do I know that, Dave? It's right here in his word. With that old song that we used to sing as a child, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You know, there was something to that song. There was a lot of truth in that song. A lot of truth in that song. We should all know God like that. And if you don't, I'm not coming down on you. I'm not pointing your finger at you and say, woe is you and bad you. I'm saying, you have a chance to know the God who created the world. You have a chance to know the creator of all your universe. You have a chance to know God. He's given you the right to come boldly in the throne room and ask and request things all through Jesus Christ's death on the cross. We should take advantage of anything God wants for you. If God wants it for me, I told you before, I'm greedy when it comes to God. I'm greedy. Lord, if you want it for me, I want it. I want it. Whatever it is, I want it. Because I know it will be true when it's in His Word.
0: Our time with you is running short for today's edition of Assure Hope. Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through 2 Samuel when you join us next time. But for now, you can listen to this teaching and others from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. We encourage you to download these messages so they are available wherever you are. We know how busy life can get, but there's always time to pause, even if only for a few minutes. Those short breaks could be filled with the study of Scripture, getting to know God better through His own Word. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for Assure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel Cape May meets weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Or just visit assurehoperadio.com. If you're not able to join us in person, we are streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just follow the link you'll find at AsureHopeRadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message on A sure Hope. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover God doing great things in your life. Pastor Dave will be back soon for another edition of A sure Hope.